Listen, that's the Smiths with Panic. I'm David Eastall, and this is The C86 Show. Welcome once again to another epic slice of life, as I'll be bringing you songs you know, some you don't, and some you should, as always, crossing time, space and genre, with the finest indie pop. And this week's special guest is going to be Stuart Anderson from Boy Racer and about a million other bands, and also um, Emotional Response Records. And he's in the country doing a bit of a tour with some live dates. So I've got that interview, which I've broken up into about four easy-to-digest little segments, so I'll be playing those much, much later. But to kick off the show, I think we should start with one of the favourite songs by Boy Racer. This is He Gets Me So Hard.
unmistakable sound of Even As We Speak, and that's the track called Falling Down the Stairs from the album Feral Pop Frenzy, all the way from Australia. And they are in the country as we speak. Obviously, if this is um, you listen to this again um, after July 2018, it's been and gone. But anyway, this month they're going to be playing in London, Bristol, Bristol, uh, London, Bristol, Bristol, <laughs> Leeds, Glasgow, Brighton, London again, and the Indie Tracks Festival. So there you go. It's a bit of a Sarah love fest because they're going to be on the t- on many of those dates with Secret Shine, Boy Racer, and also Action Painting. I know, fill your boots. Anyway, the first song we played was the one and only Boy Racer featuring Stuart Anderson, who is this week's special guest, who I caught up with recently, all the way from Flagstaff, Arizona. Though originally he was from Yorkshire, but um, he's relocated. Enough details. Um, so that interview is going to be coming up uh, very shortly because there's quite a bit of it. So um, what I'm going to do, play the next track. Yes, this is David Eastall, The C86 Show, just in case you're wondering who it is on your radio. But anyway, Boy Racer, and this is a track called I've Got It and It's Not Worth Having.
fighting away Nowhere to go Nothing to play When we get into Titled Clear History from the band Action Painting, and that's on a compilation that's just come out on Emotional Response Records, um, a four band compilation that uh, features tracks by Even As We Speak, Secret Shine, Boy Racer, and obviously Action Painting. So if you want a groovy Sarah esque record um, collection, then fill your boots, it's all there. And before that, we had our special guest. It's uh, Boy Racer with a track called I've Got It and It's Not Worth Having. Hello, this is David Easter on the C86 show. If you want to contact me, you can via Facebook or Twitter. Just say at C86 show and I will be there. Anyway, this week's special guest is Stuart Anderson from. Um, Boy Racer and about a million other bands and he's in the country because um, this interview took place in Flagstaff, Arizona a few months ago. But anyway, this is the first part of my interview where I ask him about the background to both Boy Racer and his own musical career. Stuart, take it yes, away. Yes, we actually started in 1989, I guess, at school and I'd been in lots of bands at school and Boy Racer was the first band that actually managed to make a record so I just carried on under that moniker to be honest on and off ever since um but uh we just cobbled together I think our first single cost 25 pound and we just went into a tiny little eight track studio and you know it was fun and we were teenagers I think I was 19 at the time um and at the time you know I didn't have any aspirations about it being anything other than a bit of a laugh and banging out a record just for the sake of it. And we played a few shows and then we we played with a lot of Sarah bands. I used to put bands on in Leeds. So we ended up playing with a lot of those bands around the early 90s. And, uh, And that's how I came to know Matt and Claire. And they asked us to do a record in 1993, which I was very surprised at the time because we were quite a noisy band when we played live and really wasn't considered within the genre of Sarah records at the time, I suppose. But, um, but apparently they liked us and um, we definitely got a bit of a ribbing for our, from our friends at the time, because although Sarah is a very respected label right now, you know, back in the early nineties, mid nineties, it wasn't as, uh, well, how should we say? It, they, they got a hammering in the press all the time, as, as you probably know. So a lot of our punky friends definitely made fun of us for being on Sarah. But um, because of our association with the label, I've made lots of lifelong friendships just from the bands that are connected to Sarah or we've met on our travels over the years. Yes, well, I, have to, I was going to say you, you've you've kind of hit gold, really, because because uh, most people I spoke to, you know, we you know often sort of talk about things like the record label and publishing and stuff like that, and and most people's experience hasn't, you know, or wasn't very good, and they still probably have a certain amount of regret. So Sarah Records probably did come with a certain image, but now, my God, you've hit the payload. But also going back to your early years, because obviously. The, the indie scene had sort of been rumbling around roughly, this is how I've got it, sort of from 83 to about 87, which is basically the, the, the duration of the Smiths. And, and, and obviously Leeds also was quite a famous for bands like Girls at Our Best and was it Delta Five and also Chumbawamba and, and The Wedding Present. So obviously there was quite a lot of musical kind of excitement happening in Leeds at the time. 
Oh, yes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we used to go see the wedding present a lot and could were a, a, a local favorites. In fact, I think I've seen could more than any other band I can think of. We used to go see them all the time. They played. They, they were always playing. But uh, definitely that was kind of around the time I started going to shows that the first gig I went to was in Bradford. I saw the Jesus of Mary chain when I was 15. And um, and that very much changed how I considered music up until that point. You know, uh, they obviously weren't great musicians and still aren't great musicians, but I still enjoy their music tremendously. So that kind of gave me, spurred me on, I guess, in my teenage years to uh, pick up a guitar and make a bit of noise. But I was definitely very, uh, very interested and very involved with the indie scene. I used to sell fanzines and I actually sold some of the Sarah fanzines at, at gigs. And I used to try and help bands sell their records in local stores when there wasn't really a very good distribution network. I remember selling mouse folk singles and, and whoosh flexi discs and things like that. Um, but, you know, I was young and enthusiastic. And at the time, most of that music at the time really um, resonated with me. And a lot of that was to do with my age, of course, but there was also a glut of really great music also. So true. There you go. That's the first part of my interview with Stuart Anderson from Boy Racer and also Emotional Response Records. And uh, like I said, um, there's a bit of a Sarah record fest going on because um, four bands are sort of currently touring, including even as we speak, Secret Shine, Boy Racer and Action Painting. So, um, yes, go and check them out. That's in July 2018. Also, this is compilation um, on Emotional Response Records featuring four bands. Anyway, look, a bit more music and then a bit more chat from Stuart Anderson. This is going to be uh, Boy Racer with a track called David Byrne. Thank you. 
enthusiastic young men, aren't they? Anyway, that was Boy Racer and the track called David Byrne. Um, yes, this is David Eastall, the C86 show. And if you want to um, basically fill your boots with um, Boy Racer material, they've done hundreds, if not thousands, of songs that's available. But there is a very handy compilation that came out in 2015 called B is for Boy Racer, the Sarah Singles. 1993 to 94 and also if you're um, desperate for some indie pop excitement there is the indie tracks festival that's taking place on the 27th to 29th of july in derbyshire and it's going to feature a million bands um well not quite a million but you know an awful lot including the british sea power also our favorite a color me wednesday and um i'm not going to read them out because there's just so many but there is even as we speak and boy race are going to be playing at that festival and it's over three days so feel your boots anyway this is the interview that i had with stuart anderson this is the second part of it this is where we talk about the narrative of the band and his musical journey yes yeah i think that's uh well i i guess it was just my age at the time where where you know i left school when i was 18 and i thought i'm gonna i'm gonna play in a band and of course my parents were disgusted and wanted me to go off to college which which I didn't do um I I went on tour and played in bands and you know uh moved out and it was a moved out to my parents home and it was a fantastic time you know I was living in a really horrible place in Leeds um but at the time I thought it was fantastic because I had all this freedom and I could make music whenever I wanted to so um I yeah I did that I did Boy Racer for pretty much um, six years, and we did do a tour of America. We did a couple of tours of America, and in 1996 we'd signed to. Well, I say signed. I mean, we we got given a bunch of money and and did one LP for a, a fake indie subsidiary of MCA, but um, it was a hilarious time really because we approached it. Uh, not at all in a serious way. We were just like, oh, okay, we'll go play these shows and they're going to chuck us a bit of money. And we'll... we did a three-month tour. And then we decided after we got back, oh, well, you know, we did that great big tour. And it was a lot of fun. And I decided to go back to college. And Matty, who was the guitarist at the time, was moving to Spain. And we all went on to do different things. Um and uh, I went and did a music technology degree. And that's actually when I started my first label when I was at college in 1996. I did a label called 555 Recordings. And basically, um, because I'd gone back to school as a mature student, because I was 25 at that point, um, I got a full grant and I got my accommodation, housing benefit paid for. And um, uh, b- because I hadn't gone when I was 18, when most people do go. So um, I was that actually presented me. I'd been working on and off and doing the band, but that presented me with actually access to a student loan. And that's how I started the, the first record label I did, um, really just to put out a few friends bands. But that definitely opened even more doors for me in terms of um, just people I met through through my own label. And I kind of did use the template of Sarah um, very much as an example of how I wanted to run a record label. And I used the example of my experience of being on a subsidiary of MCA of how not to run a record label. Um, so, yeah, and that, again, was a, you know, a new adventure. And and I, you know, during that time, I wasn't playing as Boy Racer, um, but we started up again in 2001 after I moved to the States. And again, it was never really a serious, Boy Racer's never really been a super serious band. There's been, I think there's probably been 50 people in the band over the years. It's basically been whoever's around and wants to be involved. Um you know, it's very much a revolving door yes. lineup situation. So you, and, so it kind of, it is you, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. Yes. In fact, yes, it is. And I'm the only person that's 
been a constant <laughs> for the last. Well, it's interesting because I know that I think it was Douglas. I think that's how. Yes, from the BMX Bandits. I think it was almost like you know he is the band and whoever's happens to be a band and he's found that you know members have just gone off because they've done other things or they might have gone into other bands. But you know he's been the one constant, and I suppose Marky Smith's the most obvious one like that as well. So sure, sure. But you know that was never planned really, and and Boy Racer. I've always just dipped into every now and then when I've felt like it. And it's funny, every every two or three years we we play some shows and it's always different people and it's always under rehearsed and it's always it's always more like a social event to be honest, rather than anything um very serious. And that's not not that I mean to discount my amazing songwriting abilities but <laughs> but um but i think that's also why why we have existed for so long because we've never really had ambitions or i've never really had ambitions of you know making a big chunk of money out of it because i never have it's always just been a bit of a laugh and it's always uh it's always just been about friendships more than more than business, I suppose. Sounds like a fantastic idea and concept. And um, ethos, you can't fail with that. Anyway, that's uh, Stuart Anderson with the second part of that interview from Boy Racer and a lot more other creative projects as well. This is David Esau. This is going to be Secret Shine in the track called Into the Ether. And then more interview. I know, we just can't get enough of it. Anyway, Secret Shine, take it away.
There you go. Ethereal indie pop by Secret Shine. That was a track called Into the Ether from their, I think, 1992-3 album, Untouched. There you go. And uh, currently they are on tour, and uh, that's July 2018, just in case you're listening to this at a latter date. Anyway, um, this is uh, David Esau, the C86 show, and this is uh, a Stuart Anderson Boy Racer special because I caught up with him. This is the third part of the interview that I did with Stuart where we talk about um, exciting things that old people talk about. No, not just health, but also admin administration, how you can keep it all together because it's a little bit tricky. I know the creative process, you think it's going to be fantastic, but actually there's the little details that you need to check out. Anyway, Stuart... Tell us all about the admin. Sure, sure, definitely. And we do have we do put records out that that do make money, but we definitely put out a lot lot, lot of records that don't. And it it seems we've been fortunate that it, it balances out enough that we're able to to keep going um, as a label. But um, but yeah, you know, I have I have a real job and I have kids, and it's always a bit of a juggling act trying to fit everything in yes well Uh, it's an interesting journey you've taken as well because because you know it sounds like when you know with a lot of bands that come to a bit of a crashing end it either ends kind of badly but quite dramatically or badly and just everyone just whimpers off whereas boy racer seems to have had the sort of perfect way of just kind of almost thinking yeah that's enough let's let's do something else now Yes, yeah, definitely. Well, that was phase I, one. Obviously, you sort of brought it back again, but at least it, there is a, doesn't feel like there's any sort of you know traumatized moments that you know wake you up in the middle of the night thinking, "Oh my god, that was so horrible." <laughs> well, some of the early records I'm not that fond of, but uh, but uh, but yes, and definitely you know friendships have been strained in the early years, um, but you know I was drunk. Uh, drunk a lot of those years and uh i you know when you're young you you do do foolish things and you know there are some things that i i could have done better but uh but at, you know at the time i i didn't think about it so you can't really go back and go over things because that's who i was 25 years ago it's not who i am now um but so I, yeah i don't really have any regrets and and all the people that I did fall out with, we've all made up at this point. So God, that's um, so nice. Because 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 <laughs> um, last night I went to see Lloyd Cole because he was doing his solo um, solo oh, right. spot, and he's now just him and his guitar doing his kind of back catalogue. I think connected with uh, Universal Records, releasing various albums and getting all the demos and everything and putting them out as a box set. And it's kind of interesting because, hey, you know, he, he had very good chat between songs, I have to say. He's he's kind of worked out quite well. And he talked a lot about the ageing process and failing, you know, his eyesight. And and also there was times when he'd sort of do a song and then sort of come back and say, yeah, that was a bit embarrassing, those lyrics. You know, I can see why we didn't, <laughs> I could, you know, because, you know, he, he was referring to one particular famous song where he refers to a train as a sort of a sexual metaphor. And he said, yeah, that doesn't really, doesn't really res- resonate anymore about making love all night. But, and it was quite sweet, you know, because I guess that's the thing when, when, you know, you listen to it as a sort of person who can remember it, that's kind of one thing and it sends you back. But it must be a bit strange also being the person who wrote it and now still performs those songs. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, yeah, because when we do play live, you know, a lot of people predominantly know the stuff that we did for Sarah because that's had a higher profile than a lot of the other records we put out. So, you know, uh, I've got it and it's not worth having and Black Fantastic. We still play those songs and they're kind of fun to play, but, um, but yeah, it, it definitely, it definitely, uh, I definitely was a different person back then, um, <laughs> but, but that's okay. I mean, you know, I don't mind playing those songs and I only ever play them every two or three years anyway. It is funny, every every show that we, you know, every time we do get together and play a couple of shows, I'm always quite adamant, that's it, I'm never going to play another show. And we get asked to do stuff, you know, intermittently. And this stuff with Even As We Speak came up and... Uh, we have been putting together the the tour with Action Painting and Secret Shine, and that's all kind of snowballed into a quite a a nice 
a nice little package that we're doing. And and it's important to all of the bands, I should mention, not just Boy Racer, that um, it's not going to be a complete revisionist, yeah, a re- revised back catalogue, Sarah records or whatever. All of the bands have new material and that's kind of important to all of them, you know, just to keep moving forward. And it's nice to play the old songs and that's what people know, but it's also important just to keep moving forward. And uh, and that's always been definitely part of the boy racer ethic. Sounds good. There you go. Move forward, especially if you're doing the park run on a Saturday morning. Anyway, that was the second part of my interview with Stuart Anderson from Boy Racer. Still another another one to go. I know, it's interesting stuff. Anyway, look, I think we should have a little bit more music before any more chat. This is going to be Boy Racer again. Um, he says, I love it. Um, on Sarah Records. I don't know, actually, it could be on any record label. I got very confused because actually Stuart Anderson has been in about a thousand bands and has done lots of uh, stuff, including a record label and has got emotional response records at the moment with a compilation. But anyway, this is going to be Boy Racer and the track called Cod. There you go, that's Boy Race and the track called Cog. This is David Eastall, and this is the C86 Show. I will tell you one more time, not in a desperate way, how you can contact me. You can via um, Twitter, Facebook, just go to at C86 Show, and I will be there. And it's always nice to hear from you, um, if it's nice and cool and groovy and positive and all that kind of uh, stuff. Otherwise, you know, just, um, you know, just be in it. Don't worry about it. Anyway, see your therapist. They'll sort it all out. Anyway, look, this is the fourth and final part of my interview with Stuart. Um, who I caught up with, I think, quite a few months ago now, actually, thinking about it, um, where we talk about still creating new material, new stuff, new tracks, because he's that sort of person. Anyway, Stuart, And, and definitely, away. even as we speak, 
um, have very much embraced that and are, are back doing new material and recording new songs and are very enthusiastic about coming back to the UK. Uh, I don't think they've played there in over 25 years. And uh, and we are going to be reissuing a few Sarah things. We, we are going to reissue Feral Pop Frenzy, even as we speak LP. And there's going to be a compilation of action painting material, which isn't all the Sarah stuff. It's a few things from the Sarah singles, but also a bunch of unreleased stuff that they never got round to releasing at the time. Yes. And, and what would you yeah. what would you say to your 18-year-old self, you know, if you sort of bumped into them and they were starting out in the world of music? <laughs> uh, I, you know, I don't think I'd do anything differently. I'd just have fun, enjoy your friends, have a laugh, and, uh, and you know, just meet as many people as you can and travel as much as you can. And that's, I've been very lucky. That's what I managed to do. Never made any money out of it, to be honest. Um, well, apart from when we were on the, uh, the MCA affiliated label, but, uh, but even that wasn't a ton of money, but, um, you know, I, I, I get minimal payments every now and then, but, uh, but it's, that's never been the focus. And I think, I think for bands that that is the the ideal, like, hey, we're going to make a great record, it's going to sell 10,000 copies. I mean, bands like that, very few of them actually get to where that they're expecting to get with that attitude anyway. Um, yes, well, quite, because actually it was interesting. I think it was Jeff from Age of Chance kind of gave me a, a sort of a breakdown of, of the mechanics of these kind of numbers. And he said, you know, it sounds great. You get, you know, £100,000 when you're 18 and it's the 80s. You think that's a lot. But then half of that goes there and half of it goes over here. Well, actually, not quite that. But, you know, he said the management sure. takes a load, yes. the studio takes a whole load, then all this, man you know, this this goes over here. And, you know, before you know it, you're sort of gone from 100,000 to minus 50,000. And suddenly the record label owns you and you're going to have exactly. to pay all that money back until you've paid it back, which is going to be decades. And you don't realise how quickly that can happen that you think I've just hit the jackpot and it's like I know we're bankrupt that's unbelievable you know? <laughs> and and so you oh, know and again yeah. it's that thing that you don't really get to own your music until the record label sort of says yeah we've squeezed so much out of you you can have your records back but only you know in later life sure oh definitely and and when we did sign in fact I think that's the only contract we've ever signed when we did an LP in 1996, um, we actually, for that very reason, we only signed for one LP and took a much smaller advance. They did offer us a three LP deal, um, but we we had some friends in the wedding present look it over, and and our friend Andrew Bojan, who plays in a band called Eggs, or used to play in a band called Eggs, E G G S, they were on Teen Beats, and uh, you know basically it was a standard major label contract and. They were like, you know, don't don't sign for three LPs because you're going to end up owning the money and you're going to end up doing a record you don't want to do just to get out of the contract. Yes. So, so you know, in that respect, it was it was great that we only did one record because we once we delivered that LP and done the tour, we didn't owe them anything, and uh, they had invested quite heavily in us, and I'm sure they lost a lot of money, but uh, but we were. We were okay. We came over to the States and did a three-month tour, and that was great. It was all paid for and um, a fantastic experience. Yes, and you must have been delighted a couple of years ago when you put out Bees for, for Boy Racer, the, you know, the Sarah singles from, you know, the early 90s. Right. It must have been nice to go back and sort of collate all that and archive it. Uh, <laughs> some of it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. It was. Um, I, I haven't played some of those songs for a long time. Um, so it was funny actually listening to the studio versions because a lot of the time when we recorded, we we wouldn't really rehearse and we never have rehearsed, to be honest. Even when we're recording stuff, we'd make stuff up on the spot or even write songs in between whilst we were writing other songs. So some of those songs are actually very different to how we how we had to play them live because 
we couldn't remember what we'd done in the studio on on some of them. But uh, so it was interesting listening to the kind of different bits that we that were on those songs that I'd forgotten about. But yes. um, but generally, I like to just I don't know, kind of paint in broad strokes rather than get too bogged down with details. I mean, I have a lot of respect for bands that hone their craft and are able to rehearse over and over, but I've never been in a band that, that rehearses regularly. Um, <laughs> and I've, I've probably been in about 40 or 50 different bands and I've turned up and we've run through a, you know, I've been playing drums for someone and we've, I've turned up, we've had a run through in the afternoon and played a gig that night and it's always been okay. It's all, <laughs> um, I just, uh, maybe it's just my temperament, but I'm like, what? I, I don't have the patience to go over and over and stuff things. And I definitely, even recording stuff now, I, I try and impose a self-imposed limit of three takes that, and that's all I'll do three takes. And I'll walk away after the third take, yes. whether, whether it's sung badly or whether it's played sloppily, because I definitely have the ideal in my head, at least that's the only true take is the first take. And you know, as long as the drums are pretty solid, you can usually get away with the rest of it. <laughs> but, uh, Excellent. You never but, did. A, you never did a Brian Eno collaboration, did you? Really? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And I just even some of the bands I work with now, when they they go over and over things and they get things remastered, you know, and oh, we need to tweak this. We need to go back and remix this. I'm like, well, you know, it's your record. I want you to be happy with it, but. Uh, I, I I don't really have the patience. And that's the final part of my interview with Stuart Anderson, obviously keeping the ethos of indie pop fresh in his mind by not over-rehearsing, which was interesting because the other day I did an interview with Woody Woodmansey, who was the drummer with David Bowie in The Spiders for Mars, and uh, most of those takes were done in one or two, but never three or four, because by then I think um, the band had got bored and moved on, especially David Bowie. So there you go, if you don't get it for the first time, then just don't bother. It probably wasn't worth it. Anyway, that's um, a bit of pointless advice there from me, who've never made any music. Anyway, that is the final part of the interview. A big thank you to Stuart Anderson for giving me the time um, at the time. Yes, all the way from Flagstaff. But currently in the country, uh, July this is, uh, 2018, as he's going to be touring a bit of a Sarah record tour that's uh, also on the same bill with Secret Shine and Even As We Speak and Action Painting. So, um, yes, if you want to uh, find out any more information, there is lots of stuff on social media. Anyway, thank you ever so much for listening. This has been David Eastall, and I will leave you with another track from Boy Racer. This is going to be Tally Ho, which is from their compilation that's out on Emotional Response Records. I know. Go and buy it. It will change your life.